<laughs> Thank you, so my wife. <laughs> yes, I am preaching in pajamas. It is, it is amazing. Uh, my wife has matching pajamas. It's quite embarrassing. Um, uh, I'm struggling with lots. Thank you, buddy. I'm struggling with that. But I wore pajamas to get us into the hiss. But uh, before I get into the hiss, uh, I want to I just celebrate a, a couple of things. You know, um, I, during worship, both this service and the last service, I, I actually felt myself weeping at how God's got us through the last couple of years. I don't know about you, but I've been looking at the last few years, and there have been months where I've just gone like, how are we going to get through this as a church? How are we going to get through this as a family? How am I going to get through this season of something? I had one week where we, uh, one six-week, five-week period where we had six funerals, and I said to myself, how am I going to make it through the next month? Uh, I've just had lots and lots of that, and then you know, my wife's school gets, uh, she lands it in the last, like it wasn't the 11th hour, it was the 11th hour, 59th minute and 59th second. It was just like, oh God. And uh, when, when the looting happened, I'm just, I want to honor a few people. When the looting happened, I felt it in my heart to give 300 buckets to, um, to basically the community that looted. And, and I, I felt it for two reasons. One was because you always bless those who persecute you if you want to be free. And so I knew I needed to teach you to do that. And, and the, the other thing was, was just that, man, they suffer. And so I said, to, I said to our team, let's give 300 buckets. And at the time, I think our income was as low as it's ever been. And, and uh, there was no way to do it. And then this last week, we're Durban came to me and they said, listen, Ross, we've got 300 buckets. We've managed to scrape some money together with what you've given us and some other space. And so we've got 300 buckets to give to Key of Hope. And so this week we blessed 300 families with, with buckets. And I think we've got a little video that I'm excited about. So this was just the lastminute.com team who came and just put this thing together. And thank you for those people. And... Uh, those will be going to homes all over the city. I'm so, so stoked about it. Just well done, we are Durban, and it is great. Thank you for your generosity as a church. It's awesome. <laughs> Last thing, how cool was it when you walked in? I mean, just to see that stuff all up and all the decor. Is Benita? No, she's not. If you're online, well done. I just want to honor her. This is absolutely awesome, and our creative team working with us. Really, really cool. Afterwards, you can get candy floss and stuff upstairs, and you can get a photo booth downstairs. And some of you don't break the camera. Others of you, you're beautiful. But let us get into the hiss of today. I, uh, I was thinking about Christmas, and I thought about how COVID has changed our problems. Do you remember when, um, when all of the Transvaal, all the volleys came down here? in one shot, and you would land up driving behind someone who didn't know where they were going with two blue uh, balloons hanging from the bottom of his tow bar. You, you remember those days uh, when, when everything was a traffic jam in Durban because volleys were here? We used to go to other places. We don't have that problem anymore because now petrol costs more than your car, so everybody will drive about 15 kilometers to, for Christmas. It's just things have changed. Just life has changed over COVID. Uh, we, 
<laughs> Remember when you used to argue about whose house you would go to uh, over Christmas? Because we went to their house last time. Oh, you're there together. They had their 10-year anniversary, wedding anniversary. Why don't you give them a hand? Isn't that so cool? Our worship leader who looks like Jesus and his beautiful wife. But do you remember, you used to have this conversation every year. Shall we go to her house? No, because we went there last year. What about their house? No, but it's too small. Let's go to their house. you remember that? Not this year. This year, fourth wave. How are we going to do it on Zoom? Who's going to go into which breakout Zoom? Like our problems have changed. Lots and lots of our problems have changed. Apart from things like, like present problems. I realize they're the same, but they're a little bit different. Um, Jordi wrote a list that he wanted Santa Claus to get him. And uh, I think he's got to the point where he understands. But uh, I saw the list and I imagined the conversation. Because the conversation was gonna go like this. My boy, do you know about inflation? (laughs) Santa has had serious inflation. And I'm not sure if that sled is working anymore. Like, I didn't know how I I was gonna get there. We got some of those problems, scissor problems. Uh, I just, have you noticed that just before Christmas, scissors, they're just like, <laughs> just walk away, I don't know where they go, uh, they're just gone, and you, you eventually go and you buy them, and you find them, that, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever found scissors, when you buy scissors from pick and pay, I oh, know, they came to me in the last minute, oh, it was bad, uh, uh, you find scissors and pick and pay, and then when you get them home, you realize you need scissors to cut open the scissors. You, you've seen that. <laughs> we have some of the same problems, but what we've got this year is a world pandemic. And so we need some extra weeks to get into the Christmas chaos. And so this series really is about getting us into the vibe for Christmas. Because right now, COVID numbers are a thing. Travel bans are a thing. Lockdown might be a thing. The good news is surfers know where to surf, and lots of you know where to get communion wine. In fact, you can tell me where you get your communion wine. <laughs> I want to get us out of tired today, because the predominant emotion I have, I find people expressing to me is, I'm just tired. Uh, I want to I shift us out of that. I want to Help, help us get into the space of a cheerful heart is good medicine. I want you to get into the space of the story that brings good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so I'm going to use a text from the book of Nehemiah. Now, if you don't know the book of Nehemiah, it's a, it's a fascinating book. Because it starts off with this guy having conversation to his brother. Now, you've got to kind of backtrack a little bit. God is so sovereign over his people, that God says to a king who's not a Christian or not a believer in him, God speaks to him and makes him send the Israelites back to Jerusalem to start rebuilding the temple. That happens 71 years before Nehemiah rocks up. Nehemiah, he's standing there the one day his brother comes and he says to his boy who's living in Jerusalem, he says, how's it going there? And he says, it's bad. We've got like economic issues. Our walls are broken down. And Nehemiah mourns and then he prays. He goes, God, help. And then he walks in front of the king with a gloomy face. 
Now, that doesn't really mean anything to us now, but kings in those days, they didn't like have big tolerance for emo people. Like if you were having a downer, cut his head off. Like that was the vibe there. They just, they wanted happy people all around them. But like me, I like happy people all around me. It was just like chop his head off. It's, that was the vibe. For him to go with a gloomy face before a king, it was, it was not a good idea. But the king says to him, what's up? And he says, my city is in ruins. The walls are down. Now you gotta understand, when you, when you read a book in the Old Testament, it's always got a for us today relevance. The walls are down means the enemies can come in and out, can take what they want. The temple is built, so the presence of God is there, but it's not protected. This is not just talking about them, it's talking about us. When the presence of God is not surrounded by walls of protection, of purity, and love for God, and the word, and family, and protection of all that God gives to you. When, when the walls are down, Satan comes in and out and robs and steals and destroys and you find just, you just can't hold on to anything that God gives to you. But the book of Nehemiah is this incredible story because in 71 years, they can't build the walls, but Nehemiah comes along and Nehemiah's name means comforter, so he's a picture of the Holy Spirit. He comes along and in 52 days, they build the walls. The message is what you can't do in the flesh by the power of the Holy Spirit in an impossibly short period of time, you will be able to do. This is the book of Nehemiah. But we get to Nehemiah chapter eight and the walls have been rebuilt. And these oaks are excited because now the walls are safe, make the people safe, the temple's safe. Now we have the presence, we've got the walls and the next big thing is they've just found the Bible, which is awesome. So they make a decision, let's celebrate tomorrow. And the way we're going to celebrate it is we've never heard this Bible before, this Old Testament. We want you priests to read the Bible to us from first light, from 5 a.m., and just keep reading. And so the priests get up and they start reading. Genesis goes well, Exodus goes well, People are so excited. God's got a people. He's chosen us. It is good. Exodus, Exodus, then they get to Leviticus. There are some books that make you happy and some books that just don't. Leviticus and Lamentations. How many of you have read Leviticus and Lamentations? Just put up your hand, you holy people. <laughs> if you can get through Leviticus and Lamentations, you, you persevered. Because it is all about sin and God's righteousness. And they would have heard the book of Lamentations and they would have begun to weep. And the Bible says they, they wept and they mourned and they, they started to grieve because God was putting his finger on their sin. They were committing sins they didn't even know about. Like some of us on a daily basis. They didn't even know the sins they were committing. And now they get exposed and they're grieving. On a day they should be celebrating. So now they're like happy, sad, or maybe sad, happy, sappy, <laughs> because life is beautiful. Okay, I'm going to stop. Okay, and, and here's where you get in Nehemiah 8. It says this, and Nehemiah, who is the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. 
Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved for the Lord, sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people saying, be quiet for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had, had understood the words that were declared to them. This is a fascinating piece of scripture because the people are weeping and God is rejoicing. The people are sad and God is happy. And God goes, I win. You will be happy too. He commands them to change their mood, which is fascinating in itself. You've got to think about this because it's a preacher's dream. When you start reading the Bible and everybody starts weeping, like as a preacher, you are happy. In fact, you just want to keep going. That's called revival. When people are convicted of their sin because of the scriptures, that's revival. I mean, the dude didn't even have to prep. He just read. And everybody started repenting. It's, it's an amazing moment for a preacher. And instead of like rubbing it in, because if you were all crying, I would just keep rubbing it in, rubbing it in. Rubbing. Instead of doing that, he says, no, no, stop. Don't grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't mourn, because today is holy. I want to I get into this a little bit more. Because I've, I've heard lots of, thank you so much, lots of sermons on the joy of the Lord is your strength. What I never understood is that it's his joy. So here's how this works. Imagine I'm God. And this is my joy. It comes out of me because I'm God. And I have the fullness of joy in me. Some of you struggling thinking about me as God, but don't worry. Now, now I want to give my joy to Lutz. So Lutz, come grab my joy. Hold, hold it. Take, take my joy. No, no, hold it. I'm, I'm going to give you some more joy. See, it's, it's my joy. I give it to him. You notice how long he can hold it for. Try with two hands. Ready? Okay. He, he, did, he did super well. He, he finally caught it. Like, I, I, was, I was surprised. You see, what happens is God gives us joy, and in the service, it is phenomenal. You can feel the joy of the Lord in the worship, and then five minutes later, you walk out, and you have a fight about where you're going to go to with your wife. That's, that's what joy is. And, and the only way you can keep it for a little while, like catch it like Lutz did, I mean, even if he got to this, which I wouldn't let him do, but even if he did get to it, this balloon would still go down. And the truth is, he can't make it go back up because pure joy comes from God. Now, he can, he can get little elements of joy. We, we can get some joy from creation, but, but he can't get the fullness of joy from anyone else other than God. That's important because some of us in a mental health crisis are trying to get fullness of joy from ourselves. Good luck. 
you haven't got the means to make it happen. You need to learn how to get your joy from him. Now, this is what's beautiful. God is joyful all the time. Must be kif. He just, he just flows in joy. In him is the fullness of joy. But he's got a double joy. Because now the temple is built, the wall's back in place, and his people are repenting. It's kind of like the story of the prodigal son. So if you're new to church, there's, there's a story in the Bible. It's like the most famous story in the Bible. It's about a father whose son decides, nah, I'm out of here. I'm going to spend all your money. I'm going to have a fat jaw. He lands up using all the money. He has no money. comes back. And the Bible says the father is waiting, full of joy. It flows out of him. And now his boy is coming on. Joy. God in this moment is overflowing with joy. But they're sad. And God goes, stop mourning. Because my joy is going to be your strength. Now, I don't know about you, but when someone tells me to stop mourning or stop grieving, when I have a reason to grieve, I want to punch them in the nose and say, stop bleeding. It just, it's annoying. But God goes, stop grieving because I've got some strength for you. It comes from the balloon oh, that I'm going to give you. Here's how this works. I, um, I took Grace and Geordie surfing the other day. And uh, it was bigger than it looked. And so my little boy, who's like all here now, and I'm going to make it, uh, wanted to go that side where it was bigger. My little girl, who's now a little bit scared, wanted to go that side where it's small. So I decided I was going to try to please them both. Don't do that. Uh, so I said, let's go in the middle. You're a little bit upset, and you're a little upset. What I found is they're both upset. So anyway, we, we get out there, and, uh, and it's bigger than Geordie thinks. And so I'm pushing them onto a couple of waves, and uh, I get them, finally get them into it. And, uh, and the next thing, Gracie catches like a little bit of a wave, and a huge set, well, huge, it was like three foot. It's not huge for adults, but huge for them comes, and I'm watching them paddle back out. They're both on that side, and they're paddling back out, and I'm watching this thing just pitch. And they are paddling. Kelly Slater would have struggled to keep up with them the way they were paddling. They were just going for it like this. Now, I can hear from the other side of the wave, can't quite see them, but I can hear the <laughs> and that's Gracie, and I, I can... I can almost hear Geordie's heart beating. <laughs> like, I, I, can, I can feel the tension. Now, I, this, I've had three children. By three, you kind of know a little bit about what you've got to do now. Disorient they, them. Make sure they don't know what's about to happen. Then, then start to redirect them. That, that's the goal. So they get over. I don't know how they got over because I saw the wave. It was about to break, and it was like a 50-50. And somehow they both get over. So I go, woo! 
you made it. And I start, like I'm jumping up and down inside. I'm going, Geordie, you machine. Gracie, I can't believe how brave you are. You're amazing. The best thing in the world is to be brave. Don't give in to fear. You go, girl. You're my favorite. And I'm just going for it. I, I keep telling her. She's my favorite. Sometimes I tell Jordy that he might be. But uh, uh, just to keep him, like, competing. Uh, uh, just, I am so excited. You know what happens? Gracie goes from, <laughs> to, Dad, can you push me on the next wave? You know what happened? They got my joy because it's contagious. And it gave them strength. And so they went for the next wave. The joy of the Lord will give you strength. The thing is you have to get close enough to him for it to get contagious and begin to affect you so that you become strong. And it is important that you become strong in this next season because there are people who need to grieve in this next season. They need you to be strong. You can't all just be weak. Like It's one thing when the husband's down the wife's up. It's a whole other ballgame when they're both down. You need strength. There needs to be strength in the people of God. We, we're not going to get it without joy. If we don't have the joy of the Lord, you're going to be weak. So the scripture says, don't mourn. Don't mourn. That's hard. See, the problem right now is um, <laughs> that we want to mourn because we want to be led by our feelings. So what we actually want to do is we want to be like Gracie and Geordie and just like escape in the shore break or in the mid break. The problem, if you surf, you know that it's not safe in the mid break. In the mid break, you're going to have a wave land on your head. But what we want to do is we want to stare at Netflix in the mid break and chill. We want to just escape into things that are easy in the mid-break. But what I need to say to you is that a swell is coming. I know you think that we're in the fourth wave, but there's more waves coming in different ways. And so you need to be strong. And the, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. It doesn't say the joy of your Netflix is your strength or the joy of your super sport is your strength, or the joy of your jawling is your strength, or the joy of alcohol is your strength, or the joy of eating your emotions away with chocolate is your strength. It doesn't say that because it's not. And though those things will give you a temporary buzz, they'll leave you exhausted. And here's how I know, because I like to experience things in order to change. And so I experienced what I call the stupid cycle. The stupid cycle goes like this. I, I watch, I binge on Netflix for two series, and then I go to sleep and I wake up tired, and then I can't really work because I'm so tired, so it takes me longer to do the same things. And I work all day so that I can watch the third series season because didn't get enough of that. And then I wake up the next day, and now I'm really grumpy as so I have a fight with my wife and then I work, and I want to stay at work now, and then later and later, and, and then I binge on 
the next series, and, and we've done the stupid cycle, huh? Like some of, oh, you fib. Everyone's going like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I know you. And here's why I'm telling you this, because I want to set you up for Christmas. Because Christmas is going to be more volatile than it's probably ever been. Because emotions are running really thin. And so if you don't have strength, and if you're trying to escape your way there, what's going to happen is you're going to get to January, and you're going to be shattered. And most of us, the way we're kind of living right now, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I would like to veg from today till February. That's the message I keep telling myself. But I know that doesn't work because I've been a student. Don't want to insult any students here, but I've been a student. And I know what happened. I know that I told my mom I was working very hard. But actually, when I got home over holidays, for eight weeks, I would go to bed late. I would chill, do all the things that I think I need. And I would wake up every single day for eight weeks tired. Do you remember that, those of you who studied? You just you jawed hard, but you're just tired the whole time. It doesn't fill you. If you want to be filled, you have to make the joy of the Lord your strength. You've got to get close enough to, to him to get it rub off on you. And here's how you do it. It says, do not mourn, for this day is holy unto the Lord. Now, I want to tell you how Ames and I have survived the last season. Now, I know you just think I'm a pastor and it must be easy. Only have one or two hours work on Sunday, but it's a little bit different. We decided, I, I don't know how long ago, that we were going to make one day holy unto the Lord. Now, I know you're wondering how I would only make one day holy unto the Lord because you make all the days holy unto the Lord. Good for you. I, I read in Scripture that God blessed man to multiply, animals and trees and seeds to multiply. He blessed them, he blessed them, and then he blesses one other thing, he blesses time. He blesses a day, the Sabbath day. And so I decided I need some stuff multiplied back to me. I'm going to take a proper Sabbath. And so what I do is on Thursday night, my family come together, we prepare a meal, and we eat as rest and worship. When we eat together, I bless the kids. We make it holy. We set it apart as holy. And in that moment... I pray for my kids. They pray for me. There's this beautiful expectation of the presence of God for the next 24 hours. And when we wake up, we sleep in late, and we read books, and we have fun, and we enjoy creation, and we worship. We use the entire 24 hours for rest and worship. Rest and worship. If it doesn't fit into those categories of rest and worship, it doesn't fit into that time. What I generally find is by the time I've done a day like that, I wake up and I can face you lot. <laughs> you see, you know what I'm doing? I am feasting and fasting. I'm feasting on the Word of God and I'm fasting junk in the form of entertainment. I'm feasting on the presence of God and I'm fasting things that make my flesh really happy. I'm, I'm feasting on celebrating my family and celebrating God 
and I'm fasting on just hanging out. You see, I'm giving purpose to everything, and in doing that, in setting them apart, which is making things holy, what I'm doing is inviting the blessing and power of God into my week. I'm telling you this because I'm really nervous for Christians. I'm really nervous that we're going to go into this Christmas season, and we're just going to entertain our way through it, and then we're going to get up in January and go, I am exhausted and how am I going to face the political news, the COVID news, the South Africa RAND news, the this news? How am I going to get through it? You're going to feel like, oh. But if we can take this next season and make the joy of the Lord our strength, what I'm super, super excited about is I think that we will be able to hold people all around us and we'll be strong for them. You know, I'm going to end with this story. The reason my daughter paddled her heart out. There were two reasons. One, she was terrified of that wave landing on her head. It is good to be scared of things that can hurt you. You should be more scared of next year than you are. Just a loving, just putting it out there. The second reason is that she knew the joy of her dad was on the other side. She was paddling away from something and she was paddling to something. Jesus says, what well says about Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. If you want to get through tough stuff, you have to get joy. Set joy before you over this Christmas holiday. Fast everything that's not going to give it to you and feast on the presence of God in every single space that you can. And what you will find is that you will go into January, your eyes will be different, your temperament will be full, and you'll be able to say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That I want for you. I love you, bless you, may you have a phenomenal season. Amen, you get the Christmas kiss.